0: Christian Music Digest, issue number seven.
1: Porchlight Family Media. Your source for family centered content. Porchlightfamilymedia.com.
0: Hello! Welcome to issue number seven of Christian Music Digest, an audio newsletter. I'm your host, J.D. Sutter. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's issue, you'll hear the story behind the song, Open Hands, by Laura Storey. And we'll also take a look at some updates from some of your favorite artists, such as Casting Crowns. And our feature story is an interview with the folk-slash-bluegrass band, Four Approaches. So don't go away. First, let's check out the Artist Updates column. In case you missed it, 2016 saw the formation of a new CCM slash Southern Gospel Trio called Kana's Voice. The group is comprised of former Avalon founding member Jody McBrayer, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir soloist Taronda Green, and Doug Anderson, former baritone for Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. Each member has released solo projects, but their first, as Kana's Voice, titled This Changes Everything, is now available at all major online outlets. Right on the heels of celebrating their 11th number one radio single in fall 2016 for the song One Step Away, Casting Crowns also recently received their fifth platinum certification for their Christmas album, Peace on Earth. The band has had over 10 million album sales, and since 2007 has been Billboard's top-selling Christian music act. After nearly a decade since her last album, gospel singer CeCe Winans is back with a new album, The project, titled Let Them Fall in Love, releases February 2017 and features 10 tracks that Winan says are designed to bring the listener to the point of, quote, falling in love with love, faith, joy, and peace. This is why I came back after nine years. Unquote. This issue's story behind the song column features Laura Story. Laura shares the message behind her latest single, Open Hands, which features a duet with third-day frontman Mac Powell. Open Hands is the title track from her upcoming release, which is available for pre-order now.
1: Hey, this is Laura Story, and my new song, Open Hands, really is a special one for me. First of all, getting to partner with Mac Powell, who has been a friend and uh, just hero of mine for years now. We've gotten to tour together, and so getting to collaborate on this song was a real treat. But secondly, this song really is a summary of what God's teaching me about worship. You know, the longer I lead worship and write worship songs the more I learned that it's less about what I'm singing as much as it's about the posture of my heart before God. It's not just saying, God, you're great, but it's saying, I want to submit my very life to you. It's not just saying you're trustworthy, but saying that I personally trust you with everything. It's entering into his presence, not just with words of adoration on my lips, but with having open hands saying, God, take everything. Because ultimately, worship is more than just singing. It's an act of surrender.
0: I discovered the family band Four Proaches in January 2015 and have loved their music from the very first listen. They are a talented group of four siblings from Texas with a, a wonderful acoustic, folksy, bluegrass sound that just welcomes you in. Their debut album, Wayfaring Stranger, features a great blend of familiar tunes and original songs. They've got really nice harmonies and clear, clean vocals which just shine particularly brightly on an acapella arrangement of Down to the river to pray. Well, I recently sat down to chat with all four members of the band Beecher, Ezra, Liza, and Asa about their music, some of their hobbies, and why they do what they do. Let's start with each of you just sharing with the listener your role in the band, like which instruments you play, etc. And we'll start with you, Liza.
2: Okay, so I play the bass, and I've been playing it for a little over a year now, and then I do lead vocals and harmony.
3: And then I'm Beecher and I'm the oldest. I play guitar and I, and I split lead vocals with Liza and Ezra. And then
4: I'm Ezra, I'm 20 and I play the banjo. I've been playing banjo for about five years and then I also play guitar and I've been playing guitar for uh, over 15 years so it's been a while but I, I, so I play banjo, guitar and then I also split lead vocals with Liza and Beecher.
2: And I'm Asha. I'm the youngest. I am 13 and I play percussion, and mandolin, and
0: then a little bit of bass. And Asa, I have to say, keep rocking the hats. I'm a hat guy myself. The trilby is a favorite of mine, too, so I love it.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> Do you think more guys should wear hats?
2: Yes, definitely. All right, definitely. I'm, right there,
0: I'm right there with you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Beecher, since you're an avid reader, and I know that a lot of the books you read kind of influence your, your songwriting, can you tell us what's the best book you've read recently?
3: I am. I'm in the midst of two phenomenal books. First, one I read last year is called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Long title, but it's by Mark Batterson, who's a pastor out of D.C., Washington D.C., and it's just a superb book about when when we encounter problems in life, just facing them head on. And so that's taken out of the Samuel, of the account in Samuel, I think Second Samuel, um, but I could be wrong about Beniah, who's one of David's mighty men, and he. He basically goes down and wrestles with a lion um, in a pit on a snowy day. Anyway, that, I, would, I recommend that to everybody. It's fantastic. I'm right in the middle of a fiction book right now by Andrew Peterson, who's a really brilliant songwriter as well. And those, what are the books called, y'all? Oh, the Wing Feather Saga. And Ellie Holcomb act, actually introduced us to, to the series. But it is superb. It's really fun, too. So that's, it's, it's kind of like a mix between... C.S. Lewis and Tolkien.
0: That's what I've heard. I've actually heard about that series. Several people have recommended oh, yeah, okay. it to me, and I haven't, I haven't jumped in yet. So there's another endorsement. I need to.
3: <laughs> it's, I'm just in the beginning, but it's really good. It's phenomenal. It's crazy.
0: And Andrew Peterson is one of my favorite songwriters. So wow.
3: It, he's I, amazing. We, we we're just turned on to him, and
4: wow, incredible. We love how. He takes his own twist on everything and and he has his own unique sound that's amazing.
0: Sure, yeah. Well I've seen it mentioned a few places that you're a writer, Liza. So can you tell us what types of works you write?
4: Yes.
2: I well I like to write a bunch of different things. I when I was younger I would like I feel like I started a ton of different stories and books and I'll open notebooks and just like have these random stories started and then I just like left it mid sentence and didn't write anymore. But um, just recently, I've started blogging for a blog called LiesYoungWomenBelieve.com. It's a ministry put on by Nancy Lee DeMoss, and she it's basically just a bunch of people contributing blogs to kind of uncover the lies that the culture is teaching all these young girls. And so I've just started writing for them. Um, I just started my own blog, and and then I've kind of, you know, done a few four-approaches blogs. So I really enjoy that kind of thing, kind of short, sweet just trying to
0: get a point across, so. Very cool. Now, your website describes Four Approaches as a, quote, vintage lifestyle band. Can you expound a bit on what that means to you, Ezra?
4: Yeah, totally. Part of the reason why we put vintage lifestyle is that we don't really fit into one genre. We're not really a gospel-only band or a bluegrass-only band. We're really... Kind of Americana, folksy, a mix of a bunch of things. So what we what we we thought vintage lifestyle really wrapped up our whole the our whole lifestyle because our entire family, um, our immediate family and our extended family is super creative and just into keeping alive the the old spirit of of the beginning of America and just all the vintage lifestyle of things. So you can kind of hear that in our music. I feel like. Um, it kind of has a mixture of old music, of a lot of old influences, but then also some new stuff. So that's kind of what we mean by vintage lifestyle—just keeping that tradition alive, but then also kind of mixing it all up and, and uh, putting our own twist on it.
0: And each of you have been playing instruments and singing for years. So what was the impetus in 2011 to form the band?
4: Beecher and I had been uh, playing with a couple friends of ours. We've been playing Irish music, good—you know, lots of Celtic music. And, um, and so we really liked it. We liked jamming out. And, uh, so then a friend of ours said, told me, he said, Ezra, um, I have this banjo and it's a really great banjo. And if you'll take banjo from me for a year and practice really hard, I'll give you the banjo. And so I was like, Hey, well, that sounds really cool. Banjos, you know, I I had no interest in banjo before that, but then I was like, Hey, that's pretty cool. So I started playing banjo and then like the month after I started taking lessons, there was a... Fundraiser to help um, cancer research, and so they said, "Hey, Beachreneser, do y'all want to play for 30 minutes?" And we were like, "Well, sure." And um, so that was our first performance officially. And but after that, it just kind of uh, progressed along. We played a couple more events that summer, the summer of 2012. Ace and Liza came up and sang a couple songs, and then in September of 2012, we were like, "Hey, you know, this is this is pretty cool." Um, Let's let's do this. Let's test it out for a year, and let's see uh, what happens. So we'll go for a year, and then, you know, if something, if something good happens, then we'll keep going. And that was September of 2012, and uh, so it's been, you know, four and a half years, so it's, it's been a great journey.
0: And you guys have been touring a lot over the last uh, probably 18 months or so. What is the best thing about traveling the country, Liza?
2: Honestly, I would say... Just getting to see so many um, either historic landmarks or, you know, just new places. Like in um, September when we went up to Michigan and we're touring all up there, we got to go to Mackinac Island, which was just incredible. But it was so cool because, you know, normal traveling, that's probably not somewhere we would think about going. But when we get to tour, you know, you just get to see so many different places, meet so many new people. It's such a cool experience.
0: So. Can you share a little bit about what a four approaches songwriting session looks like?
2: Ooh, okay. Um, well, it honestly, songwriting seems to be pretty sporadic around here. So it'll, you know, we won't write for a month or two, and then like currently, it's just it's like we're on a songwriting high, just constantly, you know, new ideas are coming, and and so the normal songwriting session will probably be um, like just yesterday or the day before. Ezra and I just went. And um, sat down, he had his guitar, I had a notebook, and we just kind of started, he started picking around on his guitar, and we just kind of tried to think. And, I mean, I started singing lines. I didn't even know what the song was about yet. But you just kind of start trying to get your brain to, like, think of everything it can possibly think of. And, you know, we'll sit there for a while, and then a line will come. And it's really cool. It's almost like once, you've, once you start this verse or this chorus, the lines almost kind of fall into place naturally. And so it's so cool to see each of our, you know, creative sides coming in like, oh, well, how about this line? Okay, and how about this riff, you know? And so all of us are creative in different ways, and so it can give all these different aspects to the song that make it so much more interesting than if just, you know, one of us was writing it. So it's really, really neat.
0: Now let's talk about the debut album, Wayfaring Stranger, dropped December of 2013, and... I have to say that I love how you've described the track order on on the album as as a journey. The album has just a a beautiful flow to it, and I was curious, was that a deliberate decision from the beginning phases of the project, or did things just kind of come together that way?
3: It was definitely... Well, we we knew we wanted to tell a story through the album. That's what we try to do, whether it's at a live show or on the radio or whatever. And so we knew the title track was going to be Wayfaring Stranger, because that was kind of our first... We released that music video first, and that kind of was our first hit with people, or it was really well-received. And so we did know that we wanted to tell a story on, an al- on the album. And then I think after we had recorded stuff with our with our first um, engineer, we l- kind of looked at the track list and said, okay, you know, what's the best way to tell a story through this, or how can we take people on a journey through 11 tracks? So that was, uh, yeah, it was pretty deliberate.
0: I love the a cappella arrangement for uh, Down to the River to Pray. What prompted you to go the a cappella route with that track?
4: That was probably Alison Krauss and Union Station. We loved their, they were a huge influence on our music and still are. And they did that song. I'm not sure if they did a cappella. I believe that they did. Beecher says somewhat. But uh, yes, yeah, so that, that was kind of, and it's always a song, I don't know, when we were about to record it, it just felt like an a cappella song. It still does to me. I don't know, I think it just felt right. And then also the influence of Alison Krauss, and we really loved her
0: version of it. And it just makes it easy to sing along with, too. I mean, I, I've played the album for some family members who are in town f- over the holidays, and they they just, I mean, there's a lot of familiar t- tracks on there, and so they just loved it, and it's just easy to just sing sing right along, so I, I loved it.
3: Thanks, man. Thanks, that's good to hear. That's fun.
0: Now, one of my favorite tracks on the album is Sandcastles, and... It, Beecher and Ezra, you, you guys co-wrote this one. Can you can you can one of you share the inspiration for that track and, and maybe what you want folks to get from it?
4: Yeah, well, um, I will let Beecher share the inspiration of the lyrics because I'll tell you a quick, the quick story of the writing of that one. Uh, we were writing for Wayfaring Stranger, and he wrote these really great lyrics, but they had no tune. And... Um, I found out, and he said, "Okay, as we hear the lyrics, you write the tune." And I found out then that writing the tune after the lyrics is a very difficult process. <laughs> so it sat around for like a couple months, and then I was walking through the living room one day and did a little lick, and I was like, "Hey, that sounds really good!" And then that turned into castles. But I'll let Beecher talk about the inspiration for the
3: lyrics. So I think the inspiration for the lyrics is that we were writing for the album, kind of just started this band thing, and we wanted—I wanted to get across the point that. None of us ever know how long something is going to last. So, I mean, even no matter how great it is, nothing can last forever, right? So, that was with Sandcastles. I just wanted to, when we would sing it to our audiences, I wanted to convey the message that this time that you have with the people um, in your life or in this stage of life where you are right now, really cherish it and really just soak in the moment because it's not going to last forever. That was the backstory of Sandcastles.
0: And what are you looking for when you're considering a song that you might cover on an album? Is there any kind of criteria that you have?
3: I think it definitely has to connect with us on an emotional level and a musical level. And then in a spiritual level, we want the stuff we think, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, explicitly Christian, but we do want it to promote good values and still good values um, and have a good message overall to it. So there's not, would y'all, what, do, what do you guys think?
2: I think also a big part is if there's a lot of parts in the song that can have a great harmony, because I think that's one of our strong points, and so we really try to, you know, make that a big part of every song. So if we hear a song that, you know, it's mostly like 2 part harmony, or there's not a bunch of places where we can use three-part, we probably won't want to do that one as much. So, as what do you think?
4: Yeah, another thing... <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny that sometimes we'll we'll hear a song and we say, Hey, this would be a great one to cover and then we'll sit down, you know, in one of our practice times and play through it and it just doesn't really click with our sound. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but it just doesn't. And then we'll we'll hear another one and we'll just say, Hey, that would be a that would be a pretty cool one to cover and then we'll play it and it'll be like, Whoa, that was amazing. That sounds so good. So it just kind of I don't know. I don't even know what it is, but something about some songs just really work for us, and some things just don't. They don't just click
0: all the way. That makes complete sense. I like it. <laughs> and I really like the song Love What You Do. Can you talk about that one, Beecher?
3: Yeah. I had just read a John Maxwell book, going back to great books. Um, I think it's called 15 Laws of Invaluable Growth. I think something like that. Um, and so, John Maxwell, if you don't know who he is, is a great. Um, kind of motivational speaker business coach and so I had read there was a chapter in there or a phrase in there that and where he said basically he said do what you love and so I thought hey that'd be that'd make a really fun song and this was I guess in about what 2012 early 2013 so right like the do what you love love what you do craze hadn't come to the senior we were before our time but it was <laughs> It literally was, Liza says, it was literally right after, like, 2014, we started seeing do what you love, love what you do everywhere. Um, so that's the backstory of that. It just a really fun phrase, kind of a fun, you know, a fun book inspiring read. And then just the message, like, guys, do what you love and love what you do. And there's no reason that we should live our lives doing something that we hate doing. I mean, that uh, that's
0: a drag. In 2015, you released two EPs. Uh, First of all, why EPs as opposed to full-length album?
3: Well, I think we're still, we were really kind of exploring our roots. We're kind of exploring kind of our sound. Um, So everybody had matured a pretty good bit after 2013 when we released Wayfaring Stranger. Our sound had evolved, um, but I don't think we were at a place where we could make a full-blown, okay, this is what kind of sound we want to pursue, you know, let's cut a full album. So I think the EPs were kind of a, you know, kept our friends and fans and audience tuned in and kept us creating, um, but also was just kind of an experiment for us where we could say, okay, yeah, this really worked well, and this, we love this part of this sound, but this could change. And so really kind of, uh, kind of getting in the laboratory and just playing around with sounds and, and being able to hear what worked.
0: So on the EP Take Two, there's a track called Coffee Shop, who is the coffee fan in the group, and why write a song about it?
2: Uh, well, we wrote a song about it because we, so when we were um, recording our first EP or I guess it was the album, we would always go to um, Starbucks in uh, the little town where we were recording because our hometown doesn't have a Starbucks that's how small it is so we were um, we would always go here and there was this super cute girl that feature really like thought was super cute and he. <laughs> But in shows, Beecher always says that Asa noticed her, but really, truly, he noticed her first. <laughs> <laughs> so he tries to give, it, give, it, give the blame to Asa. But, um, so we thought it was really funny. like, oh, yeah, that would be so funny to write a song about this coffee shop girl. And then one day she left, and then we never saw her again. So it's like, oh, you know, whatever. And so then um, a couple months later, we were having a writing session with a friend from Fort Worth, and um, we were writing some song, and we're like, okay, we just need to take a break. You know, we couldn't think of any more lines. And so we're like, oh, let's just write, you know, a fun, kind of funny, quirky song. And let's write a, a song about the coffee shop girl. So we started writing this song. It just kind of, like, fell into place. And it was a pretty quick writing session. It was so fun. But um, And the coffee fan, I would have to say that Ezra and I drink coffee a lot. I, we're a huge coffee fans. And then Beecher and Asa will drink it, you know, kind of every once in a while. But um, we're, Ezra and I drink it, you know, probably every morning. So it's, it's fun.
0: <laughs> so Asa, from the two EPs, is there a particular song that is just fun to play and perform live that you just really love?
2: Um. Yes. Uh, probably Run to You. That's a really fun one because the title track of our uh, newest EP, um, That that to me, that's a fun one to play. Um, so I'm on Cajon and Ezra's on banjo and uh, Beecher's on guitar. I think Liz is on bass, maybe. Um, but to me, that one's the funnest because um, we can really jam out with each other. So,
0: Looking back over your entire catalog of songs from all three projects, which song would you say to you personally encapsulates the band's message or vision? And we'll go through each of you here. Uh, which, which one of these songs to you is the quintessential Four Approaches track? And let's start with with Beecher.
3: I'm going to go with Purpose. It's on our newest EP. The song is just about living with a purpose. You were made for a purpose. And we intro it in shows by saying that we really believe that God gave everybody a set of gifts that they can use to really influence and impact the world around them. You know, you can let the gifts go by the wayside and nothing happens and you're not the better, nobody's the better for it. Or you can really develop those gifts and use them to change the world around you. So... That's, and that's really, as a band, that's part of our vision, is inspiring other people to create and to do what they love to do and to um, just really be about their purpose in life. So for me, it's purpose.
2: I would say, I think the boys are probably going to say purpose, but I would say um, Pioneer, which is on our last EP, just because I think it kind of gives a message of, you know, Pioneers, they went out and they, they were going out west and they knew that um, people thought they were crazy and weird, but they knew that there was something better ahead. And so they were doing things that people thought were weird, but it was best. And so um, I think that would probably be the song that I think really speaks our band's message because it's really about doing things that no one else is doing and um, spreading a message that not many people are spreading or like, or maybe the people that we're speaking this message to through our music and through our relationships, that those people wouldn't normally see this. And mm. so I think that would probably be the song that I would choose. So.
4: And then for me, I'd say purpose again, It's like Beecher, I feel like exactly what he said with the lyrics and then also with the musicality part of it, I feel like that's the direction our music, because artists are always, you know, progressing in their music and the way, the way they play. And uh, I feel like that's really the direction that we're headed, we, we all, that's the music that we're riding a lot right now, and uh, that's the way I feel that we're, that we're going.
2: And for me, I think purpose as well. Yes, definitely purpose. Is,
0: is there a particular song that as you're traveling around and performing at different places around the country that seems to really connect with people more than others, like in each place that you go, just there's one song that kind of stands out?
4: the one that I've noticed and which is, is pretty obvious is I'll fly away. Everybody connects to that. song partly cause they've grown up with it. Everybody knows it just about. And, uh, whenever we play, so, you know, on, on our 2015 tour, I believe it was, we always ended the show with that song and, uh, everybody stood up and sang along and jumped around and clapped. And, and then we just did a, uh, big Christmas show this year. And, uh, It was the same thing, just everybody, I feel like everybody really connects to I'll Fly Way, probably because they know it, and it's just a fun bluegrass rendition.
0: So, final question here, is there a new album in the works?
3: Yes, there absolutely is.
4: That's why
0: I wanted right now,
3: Part of the reason we're writing like crazy is uh, just so we can have a huge selection to choose from, and we're still going to obviously have our folk roots and kind of folk influences, So it'll be, we're going to shoot for hopefully getting into the studio this summer and then releasing the album next spring or kind of late winter. So maybe January, February, March, somewhere in there. Um, And then have, hopefully have a single or two out by this fall. So we're super, I mean, I think I can speak for all of us, but we're super, super stoked. We're really uh, super excited for this.
0: That is wonderful. So. I cannot wait to hear it. You're going to be trickling uh, out. We
3: cannot wait to show you. We'll give you. <laughs> we'll give you a sneak peek, JD.
0: All right. You're going to be trickling out little uh, teasers here and there over the coming months.
3: That's yeah. For sure. And we're we have actually just this year we're going to do a kind of a pop song cover in our own version um, monthly. It's going to release on the fourth Tuesday of every month. So we're super excited about that. Kind of something new, different. It'll be on YouTube. So that's kind of something that we're trying to get people excited about telling
0: people about. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Beecher, Ezra, Liza, Asa. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's It's been a blast. Thanks Thank for you. Having Thank you. Thank, Thank you. FourProaches say that they aim to, quote, bring a smile to people's faces and to share hope and encouragement, end quote. Well, I'd say they're doing a great job at it. You can check them out at FourProaches.com. That's the number four proches.com, scom And as always, links to their website and music are at ChristianMusicDigest.com slash 7 Well, that's all for issue number 7 of Christian Music Digest I'd really appreciate it if you'd let me know what you think of the show You can leave a comment on the website ChristianMusicDigest.com Send me an email to feedback at ChristianMusicDigest.com or call the listener feedback line at 623 688 2770. Links to all the music in this issue are at the website. Christian Music Digest is a production of Porchlight Family Media. Our theme music was composed by Sam Avendaño. Mixing and post production on this episode was by Christopher Green, with some editing by yours truly. Our website is ChristianMusicDigest.com. Until next time, this is JD saying Adios.